Friends beyond binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my patron peeps, patrons, couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much for the support. So glad to be here with you in your ears. Really, really, patrons, uh, Scoot's giving you the message here. Thank you so much. I hope if you hear nothing else, you hear this part of the podcast because I appreciate you. Uh, What do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, uh, and press play. You don't necessarily have to do it in that order. That's just the order I talk about it on the show. Though, I highly recommend getting some sort of smart speaker set up or something where you can get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. Because it's nice uh, to be able to turn out... Actually, but we're just... Here's... here's uh, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I actually have... I have to head, right above the head of my bed, I got a light, light switch. Just happens to be... Just happen to be that way. Kind of. We will talk about my light switch uh, tonight. Uh, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest of what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake. Uh, thoughts, you know, things on your mind, past, present, future, all, uh, all at the same time. Uh, it definitely happens for me <laughs> constantly. Uh, so thoughts and feelings, it could be anything coming up for you emotionally related to those thoughts or that are just there or related to something else or unknown. Uh, I, I like uh, Or feelings that are just coming in and out, uh, kind of like tuning in the radio. I see, is that, are those deep-seated feelings there all the time? Or did I just dial, did I tune in the wrong state? I mean, no offense to those feelings. And, and like, I know... I'm just being facetious, really. I know all the work we're doing together. But it is sometimes like I turn, oh, I say, oh, I don't want to listen to that. Oh, boy. Now the radio dial is stuck uh, in uh, the M-O-R-B-I-D. You see, what, what is it? Is that, are you, or is it M-O-R-S-C, you know, morose, like, uh, or, you know. So what was my point? Oh, feelings could be related. Feelings. <laughs> Say, Scoots, what's a radio? What's tuning a radio? And I say, well, just be grateful. I mean, I don't know. There is a visceral experience to it uh, that's probably overrated. So one day, don't worry, go to the Smithsonian. I'm sure they got plenty of radios there or, you know, someplace like that, that you say, well, I got the uh, Radio and Television Museum in New York. They just, oh, they just, they said, Scoots is strange, but we're, we're, we're more a history of action. We don't have any radios at the, and I said, come on, you're joking. You're in my imagination. Of course you have radios there. We have digital displays of radios. No, you're joking. You're joking, right? Because you, I haven't visited, I think I visited that museum in the 90s. So I know you're kidding me, but just in case, like, uh, do me a favor. Get some radio. Go to go to a garage sale. Pick up some radios. Maybe don't make it a digital game, but give here's the Give kids a chance to tune radios. Uh, I'm sure you do. It's just my my imagination's just uh, running wild on that dial. Okay, so feelings, so physical sensations could be coming up for you. Any changes in time, temperature, schedule, routine. Life stuff could be something else. Whatever it is that is keeping you awake, I'm here to help. I'm here to take your mind off of it so that you can fall asleep. And what I propose to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Acquired, they're acquired, acquired taste. But sleep with me is an acquired taste you never quite acquire. It's uh, just like something that's on the tip of your tongue that you never remember. Sleep with me. 
the podcast of, that's an acquired taste you never quite acquire, that's on the tip of your tongue and you never quite remember. Sleep With Me Podcast, the podcast that puts you to sleep. Now, what do I mean by that? If you're new, first off, I'm so glad you're here, really. And if you're a regular listener, good gracious, thank you so much for being a regular listener. I'm honored. I'm honored to have you here, new or long-term or mid-term. Even, I'm not even kidding. If you, even if you loathe me already, I'm so glad you're here. Just give me a few a few seconds of your time if you're really feeling strongly about me already. Well, a few minutes, I guess, please. Uh, so I'm going to send my voice across a deep, dark, long, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. And that all serves a couple purposes. But the most important, the reason I do it uh, and why I want to just stick around just for a few seconds is because I just want you to know you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you can rest uh, in a bedtime that doesn't feel heavy and that you could look forward to or at least feel neutral about. That is important, and I'd like to provide it for you, but even if I can't, I'll tell you a little bit more. But I I just want to remind you of that, that that it is important and you are important. And having that space and this sleep that can be so elusive for some of us, it's not fair. And uh, I hope I can help. And if I can, that really would be my honor. Because if you start developing a bedtime routine as a result of listening to this podcast or hearing this podcast and moving on to something else, and then you start to get a good night's sleep as you get a nice routine down and, and maybe it doesn't work all the time. Uh, that means that your sleep is going to improve, your life is going to be more manageable, and the world we live in will be a better place. Uh, If you're flourishing, if you're rested, if your world's better, it really means my world that I live in is better too. So that's important to me. The other side of it is I've been there, so I know how it feels. I mean, you could hear it in my voice. So that's the most important thing you'll hear from me. And So if you decide, nope, still loathe you, uh, sir. Uh, or young boy, or uh, whatever, you, like you say, you, I know you might be using strong words, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. We'll bring you to a list of other sleep audio and stuff you could check out. So I hope you find something that does work for you. Now, if you're more skeptical or doubtful, or you're just not sure, and you're new, give the show a few tries. Hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million people have said took two or three tries before I got used to this podcast or I really disliked it. And then I came back again and I realized, oh, he was serious when he said it was a taste you never quite acquire, acquired taste you never acquire a taste for because it's on the tip of your tongue and you never quite remember. That's like that. That's actually an inept, but apt. He's inept and apt at the same time. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a fact. <laughs> it's true. So give it a few tries, see how it goes. And two of the hardest things is that this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just barely pay attention. I guess that that metaphor I kind of came up with, uh, even though it's not a metaphor. It's like, oh wait, no, that's uh, it's not metaphorical. That's really how I use the show. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a passive, barely engaged type of listening for the podcast. It's here, and you can listen if you need it during the day for a break or if you can't sleep for some reason. I'm here to the very end to keep you company, but that also means you don't have to listen to me. I'm here to keep you company. It's This is a one-way kind of thing, it, this part of the podcast. I'm just here to talk and take your mind off of stuff and make the deep, dark night feel a little bit less lonely. This show also does not really put you to sleep. It keeps you company, like I just said. Uh, so that's a little bit different. It's a podcast that you fall asleep while listening to more than puts you to sleep or fall asleep while you're not listening to it. I mean, or somewhere in between. So those are two important things. The other thing that can throw new listeners off, regular listeners off, or people that are having a rough day is the structure of the show. 
and the structure shows aligned with like uh, the goals of the podcast and kind of what I've learned about sleep after making the show for like seven, eight years. Uh, so the structure show starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Normally I try to say something silly or witty. This time I like, uh, was quoting pop songs that w- when I record this is about six months before the episode will come out. So that's uh, but you see, maybe that song's still popular. So that way you f- hopefully feel welcome and seen and you say, oh, okay, this podcast isn't super serious either. So that's the greeting. Then there's a support for the show through the sponsors and membership. And then there's uh, support for the community, support for listeners, and the sponsors and the support. That means I want to, uh, my goal around the podcast is that it comes out twice a week for free, and it's not behind a paywall or an exclusive p- platform, and that's what enables us to do that. Uh, then there's the intro, which is different than the support, but it goes on and on and on for somewhere between 12 and 20 minutes. In between the support and the intro, it really can get people very strongly feeling stuff. Uh, and the, like, uh, I guess they move on after that. But the intro serves a purpose for most listeners. Now, not every listener, but for most listeners and for myself and from everything I've read about sleep is that uh, having a wind down routine, even having a wind down routine that feels like a little bit like a ritual or something special or a habit is what's going to have the the biggest impact on you on a regular basis is having some time set aside to get ready for bed and to have some time to have a separation from your daytime or your evening and your sleeping time, like a landing strip or a transition zone. And ideally, sleep with me is part of that. Like you start listening as you're getting ready for bed or as you're doing something relaxing or you're just lying in bed slowly chilling out. And that's how most people listen, but that doesn't mean there's a wrong way to listen. There's thousands of patrons that listen to story-only episodes. There's 2 or 3% of people that skip ahead. And then there's people that listen all night. There's people who set sleep timers for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 2 or 3 hours. So if you're if you're new, give it a try and just see how it goes, but it, but ideally Try out, uh, try the show as part of your bedtime routine, and the intro is like your wind down and you're getting comfortable type of phase. Uh, then there's sponsors, and those again enable us to be out twice a week for free, over 350 episodes free in our ar- archives. And then there'll be our bedtime story. Tonight it'll be interesting, it'll be a little bit personal. Uh, and a little bit about Lord of the Rings uh, or the Fellowship of the Rings, which a part of the Lord of the Rings book, or it was more about the movie, the Peter Jackson film. Uh, but it's mostly about me, <laughs> like everything, uh, and kind of probing and asking Gandalf uh, for some help. Uh, so there's that part. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. I'm really glad you're here. Oh, my light switch. So I have a, the head. Of, I don't have a headboard. I don't know if I've ever talked about that before. I've always said maybe I'll get a headboard, and then I never do. But maybe one day I will. Right now I don't have a headboard, but at the head of my bed, above where the headboard would be, is a light switch. Uh, now, my room was not necessarily designed as a bedroom because this, anyway, where I live was like repurposed space. Uh, but it it was designed, whatever it was before that, it was always a light switch, the light switch. But it got it has a dimmer on it. But I don't really use my bedroom light. I'm not a, like, a, again, I guess I practice some of the stuff in the podcast. So I have like one light that's on in my room that's not part of the light system like a plug-in, you know, whatever, a light that's, uh, I don't know, separate light. What do you, is that what you call it? Uh, and it's not, it, it's like one of those lights that has less blue light in it or whatever. It's more of an orangish color. So that's normally the only light I use. 
But if I do have my bedroom lights on, it probably means it's, I don't know, like I say, boy, it's too bright. And if I use a dimmer, uh, I say, well, I could just turn on my little light here. Uh, But I just think it's strange that I can, like, I rarely use the lights, but I, I could reach up and turn them on or off. So it could be convenient for somebody else uh, one day. But I don't know. I just think about it. I, I said, well, I never talked about that on the podcast before I said I would. It wasn't very juicy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got a light switch in my room. Oh, surprise, surprise. You learn something new every day. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It only has the dimmer in there. And it's like one of those ones that's next to so light switch. I never lived anywhere. It's a traditional flicky light switch, a U.S. traditional one. Uh, but then it has next to it that thing. But then I think they're LED lights. You couldn't change them. I tried to change the lights one time. I couldn't figure it out. They're like recessed LED lights or something. And I said, well, let me put in one of my light bulbs. But uh, And then I said, I don't know. I can't figure this thing out. I think it's like uh, permanent. Or, for you know, those, those LED lights are supposed to last a long time. But, uh, yeah, so it has the dimmer. I don't know what my point was behind, but, but I don't, this one thing I just don't utilize enough of my, my dimmer, my room. Cause I usually like, a, I don't know. I like, a, yeah. <laughs> Talk about petering out. This is like sleep. This is prime sleep with me stuff. So I'm glad you're here uh, to listen to me ramble. I really appreciate your time or I appreciate you coming back episode after episode. I could not do it without all of you. And yeah, I'm glad you're here. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to be here for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody, it's Scoots here. And, uh, this is a little bit, uh, different. Uh, episode here, I think, uh, I'm going to like, uh, so I've been thinking about, you know, I'm always in the place of trying to, you know, personally grow and, uh, I'm only laughing just because I'm feeling very vulnerable sharing this, uh, and, and being like, okay, this is going to be, this is an interesting creative constraint, you know, of trying to put you to sleep and uh, tell a story and see where it goes and, you know, I'm still on the journey. I'm still searching like a lot of us. And sometimes I forget I'm even looking for something, right? And then sometimes I'm reminded, oh, wait, I'm kind of looking for something here. What am I needing? And, I mean, one of my cornerstones are, are the affirmations in Ruth King's book, Mindful of Race. Uh, so if you haven't read that book, uh, it's an amazing book. But in addition to the amazing content, it also has these amazing affirmations in there. And uh, like as I've been thinking about that, and uh, let's see, where am I going with this? Well, like because I'm probably going a direction you might not expect. You know, when you see someone that has some sort of like a little bit more freedom of their emotions, but but not freewheeling in their emotions or their feelings. And an ability to really have uh, like a like a clearer boundaries, but also like a deep seated confidence. Uh, and I, this for some reason, I was just I've been thinking about this in different ways over the past. A lot of times when I'm walking the dog. And, and just thinking about uh, boundaries, not just like, uh, I don't know, and saying, huh, like, uh, there's a part of me that I'm trying to reestablish a connection with that doesn't trust me, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and it's like, a you know, more childish, childlike part of me and saying, hey, I think you can trust me. I'm trying here to... to um, to take care of you and make good choices and keep you safe and tr- have some more trust and hope in the world and draw that, that kid out and say, it's okay. I'm here to soothe you. I'm here to see you and I'm here to walk with you in the world. But that kid says, well, sometimes you don't follow through on, are you going to follow through on this, uh, Drew and, uh, scoots? <laughs> this is more true, but, but, uh, but what's interesting is, so I said, yeah, but I don't, like, I said, what do you really need? And I said, well, I want to feel a little bit more 
confident in the world. And then I said, well, what kind of person or what kind of confidence are you looking for? Like, like particularly with these harder to, to, to put, I said, I can, I can feel how you're feeling. And I see some of that vulnerability and some of those physical and, and emotional feelings that might be harder to put words to. So what is it you're looking for? Can you give me, and I, don't, I know it might be hard to put into words. Can you, get, can you describe it to me or give me an essence of it? And this is a process, so maybe that I did that and then it bubbled back up. Uh, but I kept coming back to it. I said, well, what, what do you need? Like, how can I provide it? it, it like, or how can I better understand? Uh, I mean, I know what you need, but I don't know how to, like, uh, there's the idea of faking it till you make it. But it's kind of hard when you're faking something till you make it that you don't know what it is, right? And then it came to me and uh, came, came very clearly. And probably one of the most misquoted scenes for by me from a movie, because I'm going to misquote it now, because then every time I go to rewatch it, I'm like, oh, that's not how it happened in my mind. And also a movie I've been trying to get my daughter to watch, maybe the extended version I've only watched one and a half movies of the whatever extended versions of the Lord of the Rings, the fellowship, like the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I know, like, I want to watch it before the series starts or the movie, the next round of movies start. Or before, you know, uh, like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Is Timmy C going to be in those movies or those things? Like, I don't know any of the casting, but I say, wait a second. Could we get, is there a chance of that? But uh, I said, okay, so there is a scene in the first movie, Lord of the, there's Fellowship of the Rings, the Two Towers, and uh, the the final, no, Desolation of Smog's uh, one of the Hobbit movies. Return of the King is the last one. Thank you. And if you're familiar with these movies or probably memes, and it, it's hard for me, I said, wait, those movies come out in the 90s? But probably it came out in the aughts, I'm guessing. But so there's there's a character in there. Well, let's let's not get it. Well, yeah, there's a character in there called Gandalf. Gan- in the first movie, it's called his, his name is Gandalf the Grey. And Gandalf the Grey... It has been made various multiple appearances in my life uh, throughout my existence. So uh, I'm not exact. I know I read The Hobbit first because I can picture The Hobbit like because even what's interesting. Well, I think this kind of, like I can picture one a version of The Hobbit in my hand as a child, and actually. It seems like the cover that they're st- they've been using for a long time of a, a mass market paperback, and then I, I read. I probably when I tried to read Lord of the Rings and it didn't quite. Uh, it was dense, you know. It was probably beyond my ability, but you know, I read it, and you know, some of my friends read it. This was kind of in, when we were in our fantasy kick, and there was also like animated film or miniseries, and I know we watched that, me and my friends. There was also a game. I don't know if it was on. My friend Charlie had it, whose house we would go at to play computer games or and video games, <laughs> actually, now I'm thinking about it. But uh, he uh, had this game, but it was very – I think it was more of a strategy game because you can remember every time we tried to play it uh, – uh, like you couldn't figure it out and it involved a lot of maps. And then occasionally there'd be like this, uh, side scrolling sequence with the, the companions. Is that what they're called? The, the fellowship of the ring and the companions, I think maybe, I, I don't know. No, the companions are from Dragonlance, but so of them side scrolling and then you'd go somewhere so I don't know the video game other than uh, I think I may even tried to play it on an emulator. Maybe I'll try it later today uh, to play it. So th- that was one thing. Then 
later in life, and I can picture exactly where I was. I don't know what job I had. So I remember getting curious about the Fellowship of the Rings again, and I think it was one of those synchronicity things where I was like getting curious about rereading it. I was doing a lot of reading because I had delivery jobs, and so like uh, you, you when you do a delivery job, you never know like if you're going to be running early or the person is running late or whatever. You you need a, having a paperback was always a big plus. So I remember picking up at a, like a Goodwill or a rescue mission, like a, like a thrift store type place. Cause I can picture myself in there. I want to say it was in Syracuse, New York, but, but uh, like I wasn't living in Syracuse, but maybe that's just cause I, that's where the archetypal thrift store is in my mind. Cause I think I also tried on some clothes or maybe the books were by a dressing room. But I'm guessing it was probably when I was, like, out on a delivery and I saw a Goodwill. I said, hey, let me pop in there. I don't think it was a Goodwill because it was a very high ceilings. Though, I don't know, some of the newer Goodwills that are in, like, like a, a old big box stores are like that. But this was years ago. But this was before the movies came out but they were in production. So at some point I picked up A Fellowship of the Ring or The Fellowship of the Ring, whatever the first book is called. And reread it and again got swept up in that world again. And then read the other two books, then saw the movies uh, as they were released, then probably rewatched the movie, movies at least once. And then whenever the extended versions came out, I bought those, but I haven't only made it halfway through the two towers uh, just because I want to watch it with my daughter. But so at some point, so during the movie, so this is during the film, uh, and I believe it's Ian McKellen, right, who plays Gandalf the Grey in the first movie. Now, this is a deviation from the books, but yeah, Gandalf is a character, also appears in The Hobbit, the book, but also the Hobbit films, which are much different than the book. And we're talking about the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, so, okay, so in the first movie, there's a bunch of stuff happening. And this was a pretty hyped scene as far as, like, as a build-up to the movie release it came out. Because they said this is a—so this was the beginning of the aughts. Uh, they said, oh, boy, there's this one scene at the end of the movie with the CGI character. And it's, you know, like, uh, groundbreaking and all that. And that character's name was the Barlog— uh, and I don't know a lot about the mythology of the Barlog, uh, and I probably should d- dig deep into it more. But it's a, but, but part of a sequence where they're going through the mines of Moria. I think that's what they, they're, they're trying to take a shortcut. In case you're unfamiliar, I'll try to give you a version without spoiling it too much. But uh, there's like, the, like a, <laughs> how to do a shortcut? Uh so you have the, the, the Fellowship of the Ring, right? Their job is to get this ring uh, to Mount Mount Doom, I think, and, and get, throw it in the lava, keep it from Lord Sauron, uh, which you shouldn't get mixed up with Saruman, which, of course, I always do, and then, like, do that. But the ring tempts everybody. But anyway, they're out on this thing, and, of course, Sauron's trying to catch them to get the ring. And so they end up stuck, and they got to go They got to go cut through this mountain because it's the most, all the past, you know, they're having trouble, like, uh, these mines which go through this mountain. And the mines have been shut down for a while, and they like, uh, you know, there's trouble in the mines. Uh, and they have like, one level of trouble. Then they uh, try to get out of there. And Gandalf's already warned him, like, boy, boy, like sleeping deep in this mountain is uh, stuff we don't want to wake up. But they wake it up, this Barlog. And Barlog is like a ball from a like a Barlog. You've seen a Barlog before, or a version of it in big boss battles. Probably some games, probably close to the ultimate big boss battle. 
And now that I'm talking this out, I'm glad we are because uh, we've got a lot of powerful themes here that uh, like reflect this little kid I was talking to because they say, well, hey, I'm looking for something. So you have like in, in this part, uh, I'm thinking I'm picking it more apart for the archetypal stuff, not the plot stuff. Uh, you got like a different levels of uh, uh, stuff that would be a concern to the, uh, the, the if we're project, if we're doing some project exterior projection and, you know, whatever, let's just say. Scoots is made up of all these different parts or all of us, if you want to project yourself of the, the, the companions, the fellowship of the ring. And maybe that'd be another, maybe that could be something else we could go through instead. Uh, but so this one, this time we're, tr- we're looking at this Gandalf and maybe as the episode goes on, we'll look at these other ones. But if you're looking, okay, what are they worried about? Well, one, they got to get through the, like they have their mission which they're just at the beginning of, uh, and they got to get this ring across the entire country. Oh, also, I just downloaded this app. Uh, talk about a sleep with me tangent. I don't know where I saw it, but it's like an app where you could walk. Uh, like if you're into walking or running, I think it just tracks your running or walking. But you could eventually walk uh, Frodo and Sam's entire journey. And, uh, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to remember to put a link to it in there. Okay. But so, so, okay. So at this particular part of the movie, you have your overall long-term goals, right? You have your midterm goal, which is just to get through, uh, this, uh, mine. So you could get through the mountain onto the next stage of your journey. Now, luckily for them, Spoiler, they do get a rest a little bit after this, some respite, I think. But I always get stuff, maybe they don't, maybe maybe they, this isn't where they get the respite. Uh, maybe it's in a couple more scenes. Uh, so, but so, okay, so where are we? So, so okay, so we have the, the long-term goal, the medium-term goal, and then the short-term goal is just to get, like, across this one bridge, and meanwhile, the barlog is coming, right? Uh, and they're all trying to get across the bridge. Also, uh, they're dealing with other antagonists, like smaller scale ones. All this to say, after whatever fifteen minutes is, uh, so they're all doing that. It's going. It's not going perfect. The bridge is starting to uh, teeter totter. And, uh, you know, you say like, just like in a good movie, you say, oh boy, are they going to, is everyone going to make it? Are they going to make it? And that, that's before, that's like, then the bar log comes and, and then they say, whoa, if it couldn't have got worse, it just did. And we learn that this bar log is the biggest boss, boss battle. Actually, one of the biggest ones in the whole sequence of films, as far as, uh, capability and size and so what happens is uh the barlog is chasing them and gandalf is this old wizard right or older wizard wise uh but gandalf also some of the things i like about gandalf and especially ian mckellen's portrayal of gandalf but i think even in the books from what i remember is while Gandalf is kind of reserved, one, he's looked upon as a leader, right? Uh, in, in, but in a sense of like, not like uh, this perfect leader or leader of an organization, but he's like a f- figure people look forward to visiting. And he is, uh, I'd have to remember like seeing him cry, but he is quick. He does have a temper, but a, a healthy temper. And I think that's really important for me. And he also ha- like, so he has the ability to express those feelings and like also takes people to task for not following through on stuff and, and has the ability to, to take a strong position without worrying about what other people think of him. 
Gandalf is also quick to laughter and joy and has fun. I think back in the day, I used to like look at, also enjoy that, like Gandalf liked to smoke and drink, but uh, let's just look at it more symbolically that he is a joyous uh, person that has fun. And so, so those are things, especially when you think about like models for behavior. Now, you say, Scoots, didn't you model your behavior after like uh, sitcom characters like Kirk Cameron's character in Growing Pains? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, this is a mistake. This is a road we've been down before. You're right. As uh, I did uh, see Kirk Cameron's character, which uh, Growing Pains. Uh, I don't even know what his character on the show is called. Mike Seaver, I think. Or Zach, uh, whatever, from Saved by the Bell could be another example. Uh, you don't think Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss? There's probably other ones. Uh, but I say, yeah, I've been led, I've been misled by sitcom. This is a film, though, so and it, based on underlying literary material. So isn't it more okay for me to find a healthy role? Well, well let's just think about it then. Okay, so all that aside, if we're just having fun, so, so what I'm leading towards is that there's this one sequence where Gandalf uh, says uh, he's standing on this bridge. Uh, Frodo Baggins, uh, the ring bearer, is that what he's called? The holder of the ring bearer. I, think, I don't know if that's what he's officially called, but he's like the one in charge of the ring. The true, the the real hero who has the toughest toughest task. Though I would, say, oh well, I guess we get into those things. So, okay, so Gandalf says, so he says, Frodo, keep moving, don't worry about me. And then Gandalf says to the Barlog, uh, "You shall not pass." I think that's incorrect, though. I think he says, "You will," like he said. I always think, "You shall not pass." Uh, but he probably says something else. And I can remember watching on DVD at a party or something, and we kept rewatching it again, and everybody was yelling it and dancing around. Probably we were rewatching it before we saw the second movie. And he, he puts his sta- staff down, and it makes a bridge fall, and he falls. Well, first, it seems like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but but I will spoil it. Well, I have to spoil it, I guess, Uh I won't spoil the specifics. I mean, this movie came out in like 2003 or 2002 or 2000 or something. So, so well, yeah, let's just say, so Gandalf unexpectedly saves the day. I think what he thought was he was doing a self-sacrifice, and then he thought he would get out of the self-sacrifice. But then the barlog says, oh, no, you didn't, and... uh and uh, he he gets Gandalf and takes Gandalf along for a ride. But I think having that, what I'm in search of is that uh, fierceness. I, that's the word I've been looking for that I haven't been able to find. Uh, and I just found it here. We found it together. Is uh, this fierce defender uh, named Gandalf, like Gandalf, I guess I'm talking to you directly and all the people that created Gandalf and the versions of Gandalf is thank you for your fierceness, uh, because I would like to figure out how to find that healthy fierceness, uh, inside of me that says you won't pass. Uh, but not so much that says that because I do have to let a lot more pass, like, uh, like through that one last uh, stretch of the bridge, right? Because sometimes I say you shall not pass, but it's like way back before we got into the mine and we would have never got into the mine if uh, my part of me that doesn't feel fierce, it just feels more defensive. It says, well, let's not pass, let's not pass at all, but definitely don't let them pass even close to us. But if I knew I had someone in, inside me, which I'm assuming I do somewhere, that's why I'm talking about this to try to, uh, like, let it come out, is uh, to say, you shall not pass, oh boy, so that the Frodo in me, 
even though in the movie it's a little bit different. So, again, this is projection. Sorry, Gandalf, I'm double projecting. Uh, like that, uh, um, like so that the Frodo and me or Sam Ganji or whatever says, oh, boy, okay. And I realize if you're a Lord of the Rings super fan, I might be, uh, this might not be the episode for you. But I don't know, Gandalf, I appreciate that fact. So if there is, if, if I could find, if I could talk to the little Andy inside me and say, hey, there, I think there is this Gandalf in there that would, would be fierce in your defense and say, hey, no, 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 not passing by here. You can get close, but you're not passing here. Uh, just knowing that was available to you. Because he, it was a, a holistic fierceness, right? Or, or am I just, that's how I feel about it is, uh, it wasn't even, as we'll find out, uh, one-sided or based in some sort of right or wrong or all or nothing. It was just saying, you're not coming this way. I can't let you come this way because I'm here to defend the ring bearer. And protect, you know, that mission, which for me, it's like about protecting little Andy, right? And giving little Andy a safe place to exist, uh, but not overly, not impossibly safe, right? So that's one thing I appreciate about it, you, Gandalf, and that I hope I can access more of. Then the other thing I appreciate is that you showed us, uh, you know, and again, I don't know, have any idea what if this occurred in the book? Uh, but there's like this transformative nature that you go on between the two movies and at the start of the second film or at some point in the second film and my imagination and what really happened are two different things or my memory. But so my impression is that you and the Barlog went on a journey. I think you like fell to like the center of the earth or something and then you went back and forth, possibly for thousands of years, in a place beyond time. And eventually, like, maybe this again may be all made up, so I apologize to everybody that's a fan of this stuff, but that you, like, uh, relented in some sense. And then, like, the Barlog, I don't, like, think that you necessarily defeated the Barlog, but you won through like non-resistance right uh, and maybe again that's but that there was something transformative about your relationship with the barlog beyond just uh, a fight for one victor but maybe not because i haven't uh like we rewatched that part of the film in at least a couple of years and but then that transformed you from Gandalf the Grey into the White Wizard, which, again, the movie, I don't believe, maybe there's exposition or, or stuff that I'm missing out on. And when I first saw the movie, the first two times I saw every film, I was definitely under the influence. So my memory is, and then maybe I was under the influence of my phone the, the last time I watched it. But like I said, I only watched half of the second movie. But that's where you make your transformation. But I don't know if it's necessarily explained, right? And then when do you have to, wait, wait a second, but then you also have to go up to the tower. But that's when you're, are you Gandalf the Grey in that part? Or is that when you become the White Wizard? Forgot about that part of the film, too. But I think you are, but whatever, you, you, you become, you transcend into some other uh, version of yourself, uh, a little bit less grounded on Earth and more ethereal and more powerful, but still wanting to be involved in Earth's events. But you definitely have a more serene uh deal so so you're a little bit let your humanity like your temper and your 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 mirth and your humor i think are a little bit dialed down though you still have some amusement you have a different kind of confidence uh because you've been to the world beyond so that might be helpful too for me but also an example of like uh 
like saying you shall not pass does not mean that uh like it's it never becomes an all or nothing situation right to say hey well uh like can i also be curious about whatever like like uh and say well could this transform like this again i've never done any martial arts i would be interested one day if I ever had, you know, the d- d- double version of me, because that is like that, like uh, what people talk about, like redirecting the energy in different martial arts. So Gandalf, I could, if I could call on you, whether it's deep within me or some version of you in the archetypal universe or the energy out there to, to help me find that within me, that ability to say with fierce confidence, you shall not pass, uh, to give some sort of soothing and confidence to not just me, but for the other listeners out there. I think this is something a lot of us need as human beings. And sometimes it might just be what we're bringing in, uh, this uh, to say like, Hey, this shall not pass. Uh, let me move my, let me, uh, acknowledge and see my thoughts and then uh, redirect them or put myself back in the present moment, which Gandalf seems to inhabit. So there's that. While I'm uh, asking for favors, though, like uh, next up, uh, like uh, Sam, I'd like to send you uh, uh, a bit of a, a bit, bit of a, you know, projection request. So first of all, probably, I think Sam Ganges the name. And I think this is like thinking about the books. Maybe I read the books twice in a row, but I'm not sure. Uh, um, so I'm not positive. But the, like uh, Sam worked for Frodo at first, maybe, and but was also Frodo's best friend. I always felt like there was other elements of their friendship. Uh, like uh, like even when I read the books, I said, "Wait a second, is this like?" Uh, how, where is Sam at? You know, like, uh, like he loves Frodo unconditionally. Uh, I think we could safely say, and I think that's portrayed in the books and the movies uh, pretty well. And, but like one thing is, holy cow! Like Sam has now. Sam's not patient with everybody, so. With Smeagol, you're definitely, Sam does not necessarily have a lot of patience or open-mindedness. And some of that behavior, I'd say, Sam, okay. But, uh, so, but we're not going to, you know, nobody's perfect, right? Sam, Sam would be the first to admit it. None of us are perfect, uh, Mr. Scooter. Uh, but, uh, so one thing, Sam, I really appreciate is your patience. Holy cow. And it's a kind of, a different kind of patience than the one that gets glorified on most Hollywood. Oh, wait, nobody, patience really doesn't get, uh, the promotion it deserves. But, uh, particularly when I think about the patience, uh, you, cause your patience is grounded in this, uh, like a unconditional love or loyalty, some might call it, to both Frodo and uh, the the overall Frodo's overall mission, and also to the task at hand. I mean, that was like so much walking and so much, and then putting up with so much stuff, even like. Uh, you're not e- you weren't easy to deal with Sam, but neither was Frodo or Smeagol, right? So I would say that I, I definitely could use your patience, Sam, and a patience that's more grounded in, well, what do I have to do to be of service here and keep things moving forward? If I could ask you for that patience, this kind of feels well. Yeah, no, I I mean I need that really. And for the time being, I'm really going to use this. You know, sometimes people wonder, am I making this stuff up? Or, uh, But it's like I'd like to, to kind of find that visual. And, I mean, I guess for the time being until the show comes out, it will be the characters from the movies because they kind of dominate my imagination now. But to find that Sam Ganji level patience and say, okay, 
Let's keep it calm here. What are we supposed to be doing? I know we don't want to go on this journey. And, oh, boy, you're right. Does it never seem ending? And we got to deal with the Smeagol. And Frodo's irritable. Uh, well, okay, what do we need? So we got to, you know, we got to cook. We got to prepare things. We got to clean up. Uh, got to keep an eye on stuff. And also a wariness. Uh, I would say that, you know, maybe you could have used Gandalf's help in uh, helping your temper and your protectiveness. And maybe having Gandalf there obviously would have put Sam a little bit more at ease. But, uh, like, you were doing, you did a great job and you kept things going, even in difficult times. So, uh, Sam, if I could really channel that for you. Um, now let's see some of the other characters, uh, uh, let's see. So we have, uh, uh, the, the elf, uh, Orlando Bloom, uh, Legolas, uh, now Legolas, uh, I don't know, I mean, he definitely had an ease uh, but you had a good time too, like a very physical, fluid good time. And, uh, so I don't know, I get, I mean, I, I wish I could have your ease about the world and your fluidness overall, but, uh, I think especially your playful ease with others and, uh, your your just your just ability to move about the world like I guess like uh, what do they say wear the world like a loose garment uh, I don't know if the elves have a saying like that uh, but you seem to have that and obviously like I mean I guess this is tropey but you know elves love nature and and all those kind of things but you seem to also love. Uh, Another, like, you had a good idea of, like, right and wrong, but I guess in more of the shades, right, of not an all or nothing right or wrong. But you were aware of uh, Strider and, like, and Frodo's mission. You're pretty dedicated, I guess, to the to to what you view as uh, the mission, and I think the most important thing I could take from you now that I'm talking it out is not just that wearing it like a loose garment, but the ability that gives you to creatively problem solve. I don't know, like snowboarding on a shield or, uh, you know, jumping on shoulders of uh, big things. So I would also like that uh, from you if I could possibly access that uh and especially, in, like, also when I'm driving or in crowds, I say, well, how can I be like Legolas in this situation and just uh, kind of uh, smoothly uh, roll through it? That would be that'd be handy, right? Okay, so next up is uh, Gimli, right, is the, the dwarf. Uh, and is that, I'm not sure I'm Gimli. I think that's it. And you're very curmudgeon, curmudgeonly uh, and skeptical. So I, I can definitely identify with those things and, you know, tend to express your displeasure. Uh, but you don't let it slow you down, right? You don't seem to fixate. Well, you do fixate on it a little bit. Uh and maybe I guess I got to view it like uh, to let you do that, right? Uh, to have you along is important. And to say, oh, okay, go ahead. Like, uh, you could, yeah, go ahead and express you. You're still, you're still committed to the mission. You were there, you know, along the whole way. And, like, uh, it's a bit of bluster, right, Uh what you're doing when you're correcting me, because I, I definitely got you already, or when you're kind of saying, oh boy, this is, you know, or that's not how you do it, or what that's not a good idea, or, you know, I prefer, I, will, I don't want that for dinner. All those things that you say, you're, it, it, it's stuff you're just letting out. Like, you don't really have that much of a filter, 
But that doesn't mean you're standing in the way. You just got to express yourself, right? That's maybe just how you do it. And so if you could help me remember that, that would be huge help is that uh, they say, okay, well, I don't have to, um, like, I, I, can, I can trust you, right? I guess for me, a lot of times when I feel that part of me that's similar to you expressing itself, I feel a little bit threatened. And maybe it's just like Gandalf saying, don't worry, he's on for, this is a trustworthy companion. You know, we didn't, you know, get Gimli in the fellowship. Gimli's not best friends with uh, Legolas by mistake. Uh, he, he's along here because he's he's a reliable, essential, trusted ally. And yeah, sometimes tr- not every trusted ally expresses themselves. It's going to make you in a way that's going to make you comfortable all the time. But remember, uh, we're all heading in the same direction here together. We're all trying to get Frodo to the ring, to the Mount Doom. So, okay, so that's definitely important. So, uh, okay, so that's Gimli. Now, Boromir, uh, I mean, I guess I get mixed up because I say, holy, like, uh, now we're getting into the Game of Thrones, right? But I think Boromir, I think for me, it is about uh, kind of expanding that idea of, uh, like, uh, Sometimes people make bad choices for the right, wrong choices and for the, what they think is the right reason, or they get carried away and uh, their judgment gets clouded and they make a, a, a bad mistake. And uh, that happens. And we got to say, hey, uh, you're, you, cause you're kind of like an idealist, right? Uh, I mean, your idealist might not be the same that I have or that some of the other fellowship had. But uh, it is an ideal that you're striving towards, towards solving things, right? In your mind, you had an ideal. And also that it's okay that some of that and some of those choices came from a vulnerable place. Uh, A place you say, well, you know, this is like... uh, of maybe disease, uh, they say, okay, well, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm sure you think even maybe, maybe someone said that to you, Hey, it's okay. And you also have the ability to change your choices or make a new choice moving forward. And, uh, but to remember, yeah, that's, uh, but also to remember, not to hold on to those like like your idealism, also to balance the the fellowship, right? Uh, I guess I have to remember that to not overly identify. Uh, to say, well, was Bormir here getting a little too like uh, one note to say, no, this has got to. This is the only way to solve this, uh, and uh, you know, I'm seeing the right way to do this, and. I'm going to have to take total control instead of saying, well, what's out of our control? Is there a way we can have your idealism, Bormir? But also say, you know, like in the serenity prayer, uh, they say, uh, uh, grant me the power to accept the things I can't. Can I change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference? Uh, maybe you're the person that says uh, is would be best served reminding me to say that or to pause, uh, which I guess leads into the next thing, which is uh, the uh, Strider or Aragorn, Aragorn uh, or Aragorn. I always say Aragorn, Aragorn, Aragorn. Uh, who also has a lot of uh, quiet confidence, uh, competence, but you, I think, do represent that bridge uh, that Boromir couldn't walk across, uh, and you also have this confidence, holy cow, 
but to say, yeah, that might be out of our control. Let me see what we can do here. Oh, boy, this is frustrating. How are we going to fix this and figure it out uh, and keep things moving? Or what else can I do? Also, you have the ability to build alliances and go between other worlds uh, because of your kind of friendly confidence. But also you have a little bit of Gandalf in there, right? Like you have some, you you have uh, uh, how you see things and uh, your limits, but you do that, you have a friendliness that allows you to be, you know, say, hey, I get along with the elves, uh, get along with these humans over here. I could get along with these humans over here. I can see something's not right, and I'm going to be more curious about it. I'm going to feel, you know, feelings uh, when I when it's appropriate for me to feel, you know, I, they come up. But I'm also going to do, you know, do the job. But I'm going to treat people with dignity and respect and friendly dignity and respect. And you got that kind of half smile on your face uh, that I think is necessary. So I think for you, I have to ask uh, for your friendliness most of all. And that half smile. And to say, yeah, you can, let's move, it's good to move between these worlds and to be friendly between these worlds and say, hey, hey, how can I build an alliance? Uh, Like what you're doing here. Or, oh, I'm not so sure about this. Or isn't this a lovely thing the elves do? Uh, So hopefully you could guide me with that. Uh, I could look to you and just look at that look on your face and say, well, Strider was calm. And, uh, you, you know, you, 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 so there's that, uh, and then we get to Frodo, uh, whoops, I, I forgot Mary and Pippin. So, uh, Mary and Pippin, sorry about that. Uh, you are very necessary characters, uh, and, uh, really like you, so, huh, I guess if you two, Really, you are necessary. I forgot, I totally forgot about you, but I do need your spirit, not just of of curiosity, joyous curiosity about the world. Without that, the adventure wouldn't have moved forward, right? And you move the story forward because of your joyous curiosity. And then what you learned through your joy, joyous curiosity through other characters in the films uh you absorbed those skills, and you did change, uh, and you did change events and actually lead events. So that is something I need. Holy cow! Even to deal with all this other fellowship of the scoot, the fellowship of the scoots is your joyous curiosity. So help me find that on a regular basis. I have to stay curious. And uh, curiosity based in joy or uh, empathy and compassion. Maybe that's where Strider's uh, bridge is there. But you two, you, you're like, uh, hey, let, let, what is it? You, you, if you came into my world and somebody was selling mud pies, you'd probably eat one because you say mud pie. I love pies. Uh, spice? Is it like a spice cake? No, it's a mud pie. It's a pie made of mud. Okay, I'll have one then. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're kind. Of, uh, I'm sure a hobbit's constitution's different anyway. So, and you went along for the ride because you were curious, right? Uh, or you got to ride on Treebeard, who uh, you know I look up to so much. Also, uh, you know, Bar- I don't know if anybody knows about Barky, the one, the tree god. Uh, my belief system. But Mary and Pippin, I almost forgot, like I wasn't staying curious, right? Uh, And that's an important thing. And then finally, Frodo. Uh, Frodo, uh, holy cow. Uh, You you teach me so much. You hold up the light to imperfection, to moodiness, but to go into the end of the line 
to 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 endurance and resilience. Uh, I guess most of all, if we were looking for a buzzword for you, it'd be resilience and real resilience. Because uh, you know this faux resilience uh, that uh, sometimes some part of me says, "Fake it till you make it." You know, you like it wasn't like you just said, "Well, it's a trials are like, oh, I deal with a, then I get to b, then I overcome b, then I go to c." Oh no, no, you did over more than one time go into that dark night of the soul, as they say, or the cave without lights, and felt hopeless. You know, felt a normal feelings uh, that someone would feel there. And still never forgot uh, what needed to be done and still was willing to take it to the end of the line. Also, sometimes you were nice when you could have been, even though sometimes you were grouchy and sometimes it was the ring and sometimes you didn't think you could go on. I mean, that's when Sam was there or uh, 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 Smeagol, uh, Gollum, or as a reminder for you. But, uh, you know, you really, uh, yeah, resilience, endurance, but not forgetting that you're, I mean, I guess for me, cause I got to watch, you know, I get to project, uh, to say, Hey, like, uh, think of all the times Frodo, uh, wasn't perfect. Uh, but Frodo remembered, uh, and that Frodo didn't want to do it. Right. You did it even when you didn't want to do it, uh, at all understandably too no one could uh and you didn't really so much have a choice uh he said well and in that sense that's important to remember is like uh uh an, an acceptance of that fact uh and sometimes you're not going to want to you're not going to want to you're going to feel some resentment or, or some resistance to that but for most of the time you say well Got to take this ring to Mount Doom or wherever, whatever Scoots forgot. Throw it in the lava, the place of its forging. And maybe the movie you think it will end multiple times, but it has more than one ending because uh, that way you get like, uh, so uh, like that's one thing Scoots <laughs> like uh, thought the first time he saw it, I guess, that he's still uh, thinking about. Just like Frodo, though, I said, well but I still got to get to this end of this episode. And so starts with Gandalf and it ends with Frodo, but I need all of you. I need all your help. Uh, but mostly it's about accepting all those parts of us, right? That we're all one felt, you know, we're all fellowship. At least most of us, uh, got a lot of these things in us that are walking. Where are they going? Uh, Maybe we don't have as clear a destination as Frodo does, uh, but we have all these skill sets we could say, okay, well, can I be joyously curious about this? Uh, Can I take that next step with, with Sam, with knowing Sam's there to care for me and uh, knowing neither one of us wants to do it today, but uh, we know, or Sam said, come on, Mr. Scooter, let's get up and, uh, whatever, clean that plate, whatever it is. So hopefully all your Hobbit friends or uh, whichever of the Fellowship of the Rings, you'd feel most comfortable tucking you in. Be nice. Well, I, I, I can't imagine, no offense, Gandalf, like at first I was like, well, your robe would be pretty comfortable, but I bet it was strongly scented. Because, you, you know, before you became the White Wizard, you definitely needed some some shampoo. So a freshly laundered, uh, laundered robe of Gandalf's, a spice cake. And, I mean, tonight we bed down in a hobbit house, uh, warm and cozy and rest. Uh, and one day, I guess we'll see this show when it comes out. Uh, and probably we'll see if Timmy C or anybody who else is cast in this. I have no idea. Uh, good night.